literally every day is different and there's always problems to be solved. There's always interesting things to work on. It makes it really fun, right? Because even the failures, you're like, okay, great. Like that didn't work. Why? Let's change it. How can we improve it? What could work? How do we move on to the next thing? And so, yeah, it's always, it's a fun challenge, but that's, that's really, I think what attracts me to entrepreneurship in general. Welcome to Made in the High Country, a podcast that takes you inside the entrepreneurial scene of Western North Carolina and the people within it. Now, you may already know that this podcast is made possible through an organization called Startup High Country, whose purpose is to foster and support entrepreneurism in the high country area of North Carolina. From Wilkes to Boone, Lenore to Linville and beyond, we are a team of entrepreneurs who believe that a stronger business community makes for a better future for all. Now, with that in mind, today's episode will be the last episode you'll hear that highlights the current or founding team members of Startup High Country. I thought it would be a nice way to kick off the season of the podcast by allowing you to get to know who we are as a team at Startup High Country. After this, though, you'll hear from local entrepreneurs in our area who are absolutely crushing it at what they do. From nonprofits to tech companies, we have some amazing stories coming your way this season. We expect to publish those about once every two weeks, so just make sure you are subscribed and on our newsletter at startuphc.com so you can get notice of when those new episodes are launched. Today on our show, you'll hear from Sam Glover, who was born and raised in Blowing Rock, and he is a huge reason why Startup High Country exists at all. You'll learn how his experience after college in the thriving startup culture of Durham, North Carolina, inspired him to create something similar here in the high country, where he and his wife moved back here to settle in and raise their family. You know, me growing up here, I just had probably the best memories with with childhood that I think you could with, you know, just being outside and, you know, having four seasons really makes that great because it's not just like you're limited to one time of the year that you can be outside. Like the summer times are incredible up here, um, being able to get out and whatever, whatever that is, like biking, hiking, fishing, um, camping, all that good stuff. Like you have it in a five minute drive out, out of your door. Um, wanting that for our children to be able to grow up in. And there were very few downsides that we could come up with when we were thinking about it. And um, even when we compared it to a bunch of other places, it was it was uh, the one that, that always won out. So um, we were really, really excited to make it back up here. For college, Sam attended UNC Chapel Hill and studied biology. But after graduating, he quickly fell in love with the world of business and startups, landing himself a job with a startup called Shoeboxed that dealt with receipt tracking for businesses. And he also started up his own company with a friend called Zip Services. Zip Services was Sam's first experience in starting a company. It was founded on this idea of disrupting the commercial laundry and linen service industry by basically outsourcing some of those services to local laundromats instead. You know, what we saw when we were talking to a lot of restaurant owners and salon owners and things like that, it's like they just didn't have any choice. They didn't have any say in the matter. They had, you know, pretty limited selection. They, you know, were forced into these like, incredibly 
long auto renewing contracts and most of them didn't even like realize that so they you know had signed like a three or five or seven year contract um with with these companies and had no idea that they had done that um and so yeah we just wanted to give them give them some choice and we had some we built some interesting tech and and um sort of operating systems around um not having to have like centralized facilities so that was sort of what we were thinking and the way that we did it was we partnered with local linen um sorry local laundry mats that were doing a lot of this work already um not necessarily for these big companies but for you know just mom and pops and um you know storefronts and things like that and so we partnered with them and so the idea was basically that laundry like the laundry and linen was sort of always in circulation somewhere it's either at like being washed or on a truck um in in motion and so that's how we sort of build out our system and um you know ultimately we we kind of came to the conclusion that um you know that this was going to be really really hard to scale to the level that we wanted to and um you know, there were a bunch of challenges there. So I mentioned like the long contracts and things of that nature um, that made it really challenging because we would go get somebody, they would, you know, say, Hey, yeah, we want to sign up with you. And then they would call us back and be like, Hey, I called to cancel. And turns out I can't cancel uh, for another two and a half years. So it, it made the process really hard to scale. And um, uh, so, you know, ultimately we decided, Hey, let's sell off some of the tech that we've built to a a different company that um, was already, selling other services in to restaurants for the most part. And so it made a lot of sense to, to do that. And, you know, it's kind of a, a win-win um, all around there. So, And what encouraged you to start your own business while you were also working basically a full-time job for another startup? Felt like a really great time in my life. I had a mentor that was basically, you know, telling me, hey, now's the time to do this. Like, um, as, as I'm sure you're aware, like once you start having kids and, you know, mortgages and all that fun stuff, like the responsibility becomes a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he was really encouraging with, Hey, like take a risk, do it now. Um, you're not going to, you're, you're going to regret it if you don't do it now. Um, and you're really not going to regret it if you do it. So even if it's a massive failure, the learnings that you get from it are just, um, incredible. And in your case, the exciting part is it really wasn't a massive failure. It might not have turned into, you know, a million dollar company, but you did have an exit. You were able to sell off some of the tech that you two had created, which um, is really amazing, especially for your first foray into starting a business, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I talk with other entrepreneurs and aspiring founders and, and things, you know, you don't know what you don't know right and so you really have to just dive into it and try and and really you know be systematic with what you're trying to do but really think of think of it as hey how do i learn how do i improve how do i get better right you're going to take something from all of those interactions the things you're trying to build you're going to you're certainly going to have a lot more failures than you are going to have successes and you know i think you hear this all the time from even the most successful founders like they're learning the most when they failed right right um it's a lesson that gets ingrained you don't want to do it again um and you figure it out and and you you know kind of go through that that dip and you come back out better on the other side so yeah even you know for us it's like it wasn't life-changing 
money from an acquisition standpoint or anything like that. But it's like, look, I spent you know a couple of years building this thing. We got a we got a product launch. We I learned so much about the customer discovery phase, the product discovery phase. You know how to launch a company, how to get a business off the ground. You know, um, I did things that I hadn't done before, like a, a big focus on sales, and um, so it was just great. You like learn what what you're interested in and how to do that. And for me, the thing that's always been attractive for like with entrepreneurship is the ability that you're not just forced into doing one thing every day. Um, and and that's really why I got into it, and that's why I like startups and. You know, that's where I think my focus will always be is like, you know, startups and growth stage companies because literally every day is different and there's always problems to be solved. There's always interesting things to work on. It makes it really fun, right? Because even the failures, you're like, okay, great. Like that didn't work. Why? Let's change it. How can we improve it? What could work? How do we move on to the next thing? And so, yeah, it's always, it's a fun challenge, but that's, that's really, I think what attracts me to entrepreneurship in general. Absolutely. I can definitely relate to that. Sam, I'm curious, for someone that studied biology in college, how did you kind of make your way into that startup world and made you say, oh, I'm going to start start my own business? Yeah, sure. I'll give you a quick kind of my background on it. Um, like I mentioned, I was, I was a biology major. I thought I wanted to do, you know, the med school, PhD, something in that realm. And so um, post-graduation, I um, actually worked in a, a research lab for a few years and thought that was what I wanted to do, got into it, realized it wasn't. Um, and so I mentioned, you know, I had a, a really strong mentor, which was great, um, a family family friend that I was able to kind of really talk to. And, and he really encouraged me to take a look at, you know, technology startups in general, because kind of what I was just talking about around being able to focus on lots of different problems and having exciting challenges like and and he had an MBA he was like you don't have to go to business school for this like it doesn't like go like go get you know go get your your business degree by getting that experience and working in that and so um when I left I left the lab and went and worked for a spinoff company um that was still in the biosciences space but um gave me kind of a front row seat to sort of see how that got started and you know we were doing a lot of business business development relationships trying to you know we had um a machine that we were basically building and working to um to sell into some of these big laboratories and and things of that nature um and that was fun for a while but i was still doing some of the like experimentation on the sciences side and um you know at the time it was really interesting because uh you know i was in chapel hill but Durham had really just kind of launched, like they had this this new thing called the American Underground where they had a bunch of, you know, really, really early stage, one, two person founder teams, um, starting companies. And I think at the time there were, I don't know, 20, 30 sort of startups, if you will, even though a lot of them, again, were just like one, two person founders um, in Durham. And so basically what I did was I sent an email to every, pretty much, I think every single one of them. Um, and I think shoebox was the only one that like emailed me back and like, Hey, yeah, come on in. We'd love to, you know, they just raised some money. They were looking to hire people. They weren't sure if they even had anything for me at the time, et cetera. And I went in and interviewed and, you know, they called me back and they were like, look, we're actually like, whatever the position was, I don't even remember. Um, they were like, we, we decided we're actually not going to hire somebody in this position right now. 
but we, you know, whatever they're like, we want to keep your resume on file, the sort of standard, standard thing, right? When you um, get rejected from a, from a job. And I went back to them and just said, Hey, look, I'll do it. I'll work for free. Like, I just want to get in. I want to learn. I want to, you know, I think I've, I'm a, I'm a good problem solver. I think I can bring some value here and I'm willing to do it for free. Like, you know, most companies, if you go to them, especially, I mean, most startups, if you go to them and say, Hey, look, I'm willing to do this thing. You don't have to pay me. Um, here's where I think I can, you know, really help. And at the time, you know, coming from the, my science background, I had a lot of sort of data analysis, um, experience and felt like I could really lend myself to them. And they had talked about, Hey, we have a lot of data that we're trying to do some interesting things with. And so, um, basically that's, that's sort of how I got my start. So I would go, go in early to the other company that I was working for, um, you know, it worked from like seven to three and then i would drive from um the rtp area to downtown durham to the shoebox offices get there about 3 30 and i'd work till like seven eight nine o'clock at night um for them and i did that for about um i think about three months and they were you know basically like hey look we want to figure out something for you and what do you think it was that you were showing to them during that time that made them go, yes, Sam, like we want to make a place for you here. Really what I try to focus on was just like, um, especially like in the evenings, it was like, you know, this was like real startup world, right? Like I think they had like 15 employees at the time or something like that. And so I was just trying to focus on learning, right? So I would sit with, you know, um, the, the couple of people doing marketing and I would sit with them and just kind of listen and see what they're doing and see how I could help out there. I would sit in on sales calls. I would, you know, um, sit in with the business development person. So really I just, I viewed it as, Hey, I'm going to learn from this. Um, I'm going to prove my value and my worth. And then, you know, hopefully it turns into something, which it did. So, um, that's usually the case, you know, if you will, if you're the person who's willing to show up and give without that expectation of getting back in return. Um, and if you're showing up mostly for yourself, like, like, like you said, you just wanted to learn, you knew this was something you were interested in and you knew that this was the best way for you to learn it. There's really no, no story that starts that way that doesn't end with some sort of opportunity, right? That either you create for yourself because of everything you've learned or by other people recognizing, wow, like, look what this guy's doing. Um, you know, let's figure something out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, wh- what's interesting is, and I tell this to people, you know, that I meet all the time that are like wanting to get into, you know, whatever the, the tech space, whether that's what the startup or not. Um, you know, maybe they're looking for like a change in career or like you said, maybe they're sitting there and they're in college or trying to figure out what they want to do. And my advice is always the same. It's like, just get your foot in the door. That's all you, that's all you really have to do. Um, if you're willing to put in the time and the effort and really work and learn and, and get better. Um, and you know, you got to find things outside of that opportunity to improve as well. Um, but if you're willing to do all those things, like it's, you're going to find an opportunity, whether again, whether it's with that company or another one, that's, you know, that's the other interesting thing with like, especially technology startups is it's, there's a lot of um, like intra departmental movement that can happen. So because it's such an early stage, there's oftentimes there's not a lot of need yet for specialization, right? So whether you're an engineer or a salesperson, come in, learn that, that position, learn what you're doing, but you're not going to be asked 
for the most part, you're not gonna be asked to like be doing the same thing every single day. There's always opportunities. There's always problems to be solved. There's always areas that you could involve yourself or have input into um, that you're just not going to get at from an opportunity standpoint at a larger company, right? That's already doing a specialization. Like they, they want you to come in and, you know, for lack of a better term, be a cog in the wheel that, um, you know, like you're going to be doing this one thing. Hey, we've got a list of a hundred people. You need to call them every single day. Great. Like that, that's that. Whereas like a startup's like, Hey, we've got a list of 10,000 people that we want to call. How do we figure out how to do this the most effectively? So like you can really learn a lot of different things and you can find out what you like to do. And that way you're not pigeonholed into like, Oh, I just want to be a product person or, Oh, I just want to be a customer support rep. Like, that's great. If you decide that's what you want to do. Awesome. But, um, I always, yeah, I just always tell people, get your foot in the door and you can move really quickly. That's the other thing with like a startup is, um, that, that you, you know, a, a bigger company is not going to give you, afford you that opportunity to like move up quickly. But with the startup, it's like, Hey, look, get in with a 10 person team, get in with a 20 person team, a 30 person team, whatever it is. Right. Um, and there's going to be so many opportunities over the next, like if that, if that company's doing well over the next two or three years to like up level yourself and move in either with a different department, but like new roles basically open up all the time, even, you know, um, I'm sure we'll talk about this with with follow-up boss, but like there's new things that we're doing every week, every month, there's new opportunities, there's new areas that we're looking to hire to promote people into that we want people to really take, um, you know, take hold of, of some problems that they see or, or, you know, we always talk about them as being opportunities, right? Like there's so many opportunities, you know, how do we pick things that make sense? But, um, but yeah, if you can insert yourself into that and bring some value and really learn, uh, from it, you can, I mean, that, that to me is the best way to get started with this stuff. What was that change like culturally when you were down in Chapel Hill? Like you said, you were in an environment and in a community that was really established and really encouraging of that startup world, right? You work, you worked for a startup shoebox that was also very encouraging of you creating your own startup at the time, zip services. And, you know, you would go to these meetings with all these different people what was that like to move from that community and that culture to the high country? Um, and is that, I assume, part of the reason that you got together with James Bantz and said, hey, like, this doesn't exist here. Let's make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like I, I got to see Durham basically go from, I think I mentioned like when I was, you know, door knocking um, at all those startup, uh, 20, 30 startup companies. I got to see it go from that to, I think when I left, there were 280 companies within sort of a mile square radius or whatever, right? So um, I got to see so much happen. And like, I think even more importantly, like the community that was built around it and the excitement and and the way that they supported each other and founders supported founders. And, you know, there was just so much opportunity and I could see like the excitement around that. And so when we you know, made the decision to move up here, I started looking to see, hey, what's going on in the high country, right? Who all's there? And I didn't, I didn't, you know, I knew people that obviously I'd grown up with, but a lot of people I'd known had left, right? And a lot of the friends I had weren't here. Um, and so when I started looking around, you know, I got connected with, with James and I think he was at Google at the time and um, had just also just moved up here. And, you know, we were talking, he had seen the Austin startup scene kind of grow and I had seen the Durham one and we're like, Hey, like, why not here? Like, it doesn't have to be the same thing, but why not a version of 
you know, the, the, the excitement with, you know, economic development that had happened, startup companies being there, like, you know, like we both just really enjoyed working at startups and it's fun. And so we wanted to, how do we bring that here? And so we got connected and, you know, I think we, we had our first, um, sort of meetup event that we put together and I think like one person showed up or something um, <laughs> but you know it, it, it grew from there and so like that was really fun to kind of see it has to start with that, just one exactly yeah, yeah. and it, you know then we started meeting in like coffee shops and you know we'd meet you you'd start to meet people and right and people sort of <laughs> come out of the out of the woodwork if you will and you know we've always talked about like growth is can be a scary word, especially here. Like people are very protective of this area and, you know, which is a great thing. They don't want it to become this necessarily like this huge <laughs> metropolis or anything like that. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's set up for that, but we always talk about like, how do we, how can we grow smartly? Right. Like how can we, how can we think about, you know, not having, you know, 500 extra jobs up here, but how do we have like 40, 50, 100 really, really well-paying jobs um, or, you know, opportunities for people to move here. Even if it's not being employed by companies here, but it's like that, then they're spending their dollars here. They're here full time. They're having whatever people have families are moving here from different places. And it just, it helps. It helps improve the diversity of the area. It helps improve, you know, from a financial standpoint of the area, it gives more full-time folks. Yeah. I think when you can, if you think about economic development in that way, um, like recruiting again, like highly skilled, um, high paid workers to the area. I think that that's something really interesting can happen and occur, uh, when, when you do that. And that's really been sort of our philosophy there. And it's what we're, we're also excited about, you know, with building something with, with startup high country and, and this idea of, you know, creating whatever that is more startups or, more knowledgeable workers or again just that idea of community and how do we create the strongest community that we can the most interesting community that we can um and so yeah i think it's, it's been exciting to kind of see the the evolution of that for sure totally well thank you sam this has been so much fun and i appreciate your time we always like to end by asking our guests uh what's the most recent high country moment that you had yeah, we, we try to get outside as much as we can. Um, I mean, even like yesterday, um, you know, we did some family pictures and it was funny because it was like the weather had been beautiful all week. And then yesterday it was like, looked like rain. And then, you know, as we get so often, uh, this crazy fog that came through, but already seen like some of the pictures, it was like just a really cool backdrop that's really unique, right? Like, I mean, I remember being in Chapel Hill and it's probably I could count the times on, you know, one or two hands that I saw fog. Um, so seeing that with like paired with like the color of the leaves, um, you know, we were out on a, on a hiking trail and it's like that, that's a pretty high country thing there, like <laughs> to pee in the fog, but, you know, still wanting to be outside. And so I think, I think that's certainly probably uh, the most recent one for me. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. This episode was produced and edited by me, Samantha Wright, Community Director at Startup High Country. Learn more about our workshops, resources, and events for current or aspiring entrepreneurs in the Western North Carolina area at startuphc.com. And if you have just 30 extra seconds for you right now, please do us a solid and rate and review this podcast. 
then share it with a friend. It helps a lot when it comes to other people finding the show. Thank you in advance. A special shout out to Matt Wasson for the creation of some of our program's music. Startup High Country is supported by NC Idea, a private foundation that supports entrepreneurship in North Carolina through grants and innovative programs. Also, thank you to the Watauga Economic Development Center for their support and for helping to build the entrepreneurial landscape of Western North Carolina. I'm Samantha Wright, and you've been listening to Made in the High Country. Thank you.